catalysts to say what has never been said, to see what has never been seen, to draw, paint, sing, sculpt, dance, and act. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Words of Friends podcast. This is a podcast about the band Words, not a game you play on your phone, but rather an experimental emo band from Dallas, Texas. We just wanted to give you a behind-the-scenes look on how the band functions, how we write songs, all that good stuff. Every episode for about the next six episodes or so, we'll be focusing on a song that is off our album Trees, which was released late last year. We love this record. We think it's really cool, so we've gotten a lot of questions about the backstory of some of the songs, so we wanted to take the time to kind of go through those and see where the inspiration came from and the meaning behind them. This is the first episode, so if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, you're in the right place. This episode covers the meaning of the band, how the band started, the connection to the band, least of these, and also the first track on the record, which is called Overture. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Words with Friends podcast. My name is Kalen. My name's Eric. I'm Johnny Gore. And we are, I guess, three-fifths of the band Words. And I had the idea for this podcast because podcasts are a great way to connect with people who pursue a certain profession or, or a certain art form. It's just a good way to communicate with their audience and also the audience listen and get a deeper dive into why they exist, why they do what they do. Johnny, I think the content you create for words is very in-depth and there, there's a lot more there than even appears on the surface. And even there's things that I actually have questions about for you um, in regards to the content that you create for words. So given we have a super simple band name, yet there's a lot of substance there, I think it's really important for us to communicate that effectively and uh, talk about those things. So that's why I had the idea to create this podcast and I'm super excited about it. I think there's a, a lot of cool things to talk about. And I think if you guys would agree, probably the best place to start is why does this band exist? Why do the people who are in it exist in the context of the band? And I would say, Johnny, you're you're kind of the cornerstone of all this. This band exists because it was an idea in your brain. So for me to know and for people who are interested, how did words come into existence? What's the backdrop for that? Okay, so... I believe it was the summer of 2017, and Least of These had just finished playing Audio Feed, and I found out that we were going to need to take a uh, like a break for a little bit. The band was going to have to slow down, and I was super pumped about the album uh, Wolves that we had just released, so I was in this phase of like, I want to go, go. So for us to need to stop... Yeah. Um, I just kind of was like, I'm not going to accept this. I'm just going to keep writing. I'll, I'll, I'll write new stuff so I don't waste time. Yeah, dude. I remember watching that, uh, that uh, audio feed performance on via Eric's iPhone. <laughs> I remember like I was at home and I was like, I was like your little virtual cheerleader, man. I was so stoked. I was like, you guys are killing it. The light show looked amazing. That was a fun. Uh, that was a fun one. Johnny did. Johnny did have a little bit of a mental breakdown. Our tracks of, of sorts before it happened. Our tracks broke. <laughs> I worked real hard on making tracks for audio feed, and they broke right before <laughs> our, our one set at audio feed, and I was I was frustrated. And uh, someone plugged our mixer into the light uh, <laughs> yeah, power. Yeah, right? It was the the dimmer power for the dimmer packs yeah it just fried the the board instantly it was like but actually i talked to some people and they said it sounded good so it's like the tracks were mainly no it did sound good we i didn't, didn't have didn't much in the it. songs we most of our track was transition related which uh, was the biggest thing i felt like i wanted at least these to get better at at the time was our transitions between our songs and the tracks really helped make it cool. And then we just kind of had to do it fast, but it was fine. Obviously, we really learned from that with our words first show where we had no transition tracks. <laughs> yeah, remember. yeah. We still didn't use transitions. <laughs> <laughs> we figured it out eventually. But man, I remember that first word show. We were like, what? we didn't plan. For what do we do? In my, uh, I had yeah, notes. We, I guess we should play another song. <laughs> I had note, a note folder in my iPhone. And it just had all the songs with the metronome broken up into individual tracks. And so James just pressed play. Then when that one finished, he just pressed play on the next one. And it works. But I like how we do it now. Yeah, for sure. So, okay. So going back to... Okay. So yeah. So I'm writing a bunch of new stuff because Lisa Lee is on a hiatus. And the further 
along that hiatus we go, the more creative I start getting with my writing and going. Because normally when I would write for at least these, um, we really kind of all wrote together as much as possible. So I tried to leave a lot of room for everyone to have ideas. Um, and with this, I stopped. I fairly quickly realized I was just going to have to write all of it. And pretty soon I stopped caring if it was going to be a least of these things. And I just wanted to make it. I was having a lot of fun. I felt like I was finding a new groove. Uh, one thing I tried for trees that I had never done before was I wrote bass first on almost every song. And I would just sit, yeah. I would literally sit there and bounce and bob my head to a metronome and just try to find what do I want to feel for this song? And then I'd just make up a drum beat and then I'd be like, and what is the bass doing? And then I would kind of move it through like that. Um, and I wonder if that's why, in my opinion, uh, I feel like all the songs across the Trees EP are two to three BPM faster than they should be but i think it was just that jittery me excited kind of in the groove but then also like wanting to get started recording that made them all just a little bit quick but then there's been times that i think that makes the heavy parts feel no i i think they fit fine man the heavy they need to because they're at the speed they're at maybe yeah so i think i think that's a good point to kind of transition to eric for a second because Eric, you were involved in least of these at this point. So you guys had just made the album Wolves, which I was a huge fan of. And I think it's worth noting, we all worked at the same guitar center Yes, during this time. That's true. Like, uh, so, and I, even though I wasn't a part of Lisa these, I felt a part of the process and I, I even edited drums on some of the songs for you edited album drums too, so. on most of like five of the six songs on wolves. You edited drums. Yeah. So I, I just remember you guys coming in during the making of that album. Cause Eric, you tra- you tracked some guitars uh, on that record too. So you were very involved in the process. I remember you guys bringing in those song ideas to work. Um, at a guitar center and you'd be like, like Kaylin, hear this. And we'd go into the little like studio monitor room. We'd turn it on and listen to it. And I was, was so stoked with what I was hearing then with, with that EP. And, uh, and it really bummed me out when I heard that things were going to have to take a step back. Cause I felt like you had so much more momentum go forward. And so my, my headspace was like, how can I contribute? How can I help? In, in this regard. And I think at one point, Johnny, you had even talked about continuing on with Lisa these, but having me or whoever else be involved in it to move it forward. But I guess we acknowledge like, this is something very different from Lisa these and we should let Lisa these be what it is. Yeah. Once the album got so far away from it, it, it that thought kind of went away. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so Eric, I don't know if I've ever heard this, like what was your perspective during that time and where was your mental headspace? Yeah, well, I feel like it's worth noting how Johnny and I met because it's all like really funny. Like it coincides with least of these. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> so I was uh, living in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I got asked to play open for the show. And uh, I was going to play acoustic. And I told my friend Kirsten and she was like, Lisa, these is going to be there. I was like, yeah, who are they? Like, what what, what do they do? <laughs> She's like, they're like <laughs> one of the best Christian bands on the market right now. She's like, I'm going to the show. And I was like, do you want to sing a duet at this thing? And she was like, oh, yes. I would. I can't remember if we ended up doing that. I feel like you but did. But I get to the show, and I, I meet the least of these guys. And, you know, we we kind of chat and stuff. And I'm like, uh, and I think what's funny is I was actually visiting home. I lived in Allen, Texas at the time. <laughs> and I didn't know they were from my area. And so I ended up talking to Johnny. And, uh, you know, Johnny's like, I live in McKinney. I'm like literally five minutes north of you. And I was like, oh, dude, we should exchange information and we can hang out and, you know, jam. And he's like, dude, yeah. So we traded numbers and we didn't talk. We didn't like pick up the phone once. And I think it was like a year or two that passed. Gosh, at yeah. least a full year, probably a year and a half. Uh, not to cut you off, Eric. and uh, But I think it's worth noting, Johnny and I know each other for since we were children. Yeah, I was in um, second grade when I met Kaylin and you were in th- Third or fourth? I think I was in fourth. Your sister was in fifth. I think. Yes. I played I played in a band with your sister. We both played alto sax. So I got to know her there. And your mom was my teacher's aide slash choir teacher. Yep. In elementary school. So yep. 
um, I got to know your, you and your family kind of through that. And, and we grew up playing in different bands. We never played in a band together. Kaylin and I played in the DFW scene together since 2003. 2004 yeah, somewhere in there and we've known each other since 1998 1997 <laughs> yeah so that's how eric met johnny that's how i knew johnny going in this context so i think it gives you a backdrop here let me thing. fill in let me fill in one little gap too and so kaylin gets me a job at guitar center and then i've been there for six months four months somewhere in there and then eric the dude that i exchanged numbers with <laughs> a year ago in oklahoma at a show is now working with me yeah yeah so i got i got a job yeah. and i can't remember, i think i was headed to the back and johnny opens the door and i was like do i know you and you were like do i know you like, it was almost like instantly <laughs> and then i was like i don't know man and then we we ended up finding out like in that conversation that uh we played a show together in oklahoma my hometown and uh we we're like oh small world and so we became but the three of us became pretty good friends just working at guitar center you know just dealing with customers and stuff and just do just got you know and yeah. just doing our whole thing and uh <clears throat> i started to go to y'all's shows and hang out and stuff and there were like riffs that i liked a lot and so johnny would show me some of my favorite riffs and i, I kind of learned a couple of them like too much makeup i remember learning that and that was like christmas i jammed that and uh <laughs> i'd also be playing afi and stuff inside the guitar room and johnny would be in pro audio He'd be like, Eric's playing guitar right now. <laughs> yeah, I could always tell by either AFI riffs or just Eric's style of playing. I could tell um, in from the pro audio room that that he was jamming on a guitar. And I would regularly see Johnny pop his head out and him go, oh, yeah, and then go back to the pro audio. And later I found out that's him going, oh, dude, Eric's playing. I got to double check, though. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to guess. Plus, I was trying to see what guitar and amp you were using. It always sounded good, yeah. and it always sounded surprisingly similar, no matter what you were using. Yeah, yeah. Like the the like at least at that time period, the tone you were dialing in, you were trying, you were going for a similar tone, but using a bunch of different guitars and amps to find it. Yeah, I yeah. feel like at that time. And so Tyler ended up stepping out of Lisa these, and uh, I was like, hey, Johnny, I, I could do it. You know, we we kind of uh, played around with the idea a little bit, and then Johnny actually approaches me and asks me if I want to fill in for shows. And I was like, oh, dude, I'm totally down. And so um, I I just started playing shows with y'all. And then eventually uh, y'all asked me, I think, to just be a full-fledged member. Um, right, yeah, right. We asked you to be a member on like the second day of your first tour with us, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It was on tour. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember TJ, dude. He can be such a dick. He's so funny. <laughs> he was like, Johnny, we got TJ, it. The, drummer the drummer from Lisa these, these was like, he all day he had been planning a big way we were going to ask Eric to be in the band. And, uh, then I just found out he asked you. Like <laughs> he just asked you without <laughs> when I wasn't there. I think we were in that and super like, cold, uh, <laughs> super cold town, and he and I were just chilling. Um, I can't remember, but now in his defense, this was the same tour that I was like asleep on hydroxyzine pills. Yeah, you were sick most of the time. So I think I was probably just asleep, and he asked you, and I woke up, and you were you were official member. <laughs> But I remember being so bummed because I wanted to be there. And I was like, Dang And you it. missed it. Like, you literally went to sleep. He asked and you woke up. <laughs> I remember we stayed at your house in Oklahoma. We stayed at your mom's house in Oklahoma. And I was asleep, like, the whole time we were at that house, too. Yeah. Um, but no, so I, you know, I became a full member, um, started playing. And then uh, you started writing Wolves. <clears throat> and then uh, I would pepper in some ideas. And I, I would go to your house almost every day for a little while. Um Anytime you were That's tracking, so we were just, I'd bring my mics, amps and stuff, and we'd have fun plugging it up. And then I had a Helix, and so we started experimenting with that. And uh, you were a little bit, like, anxious of me writing on it. Uh, it seemed like at first, but you would let me just pepper in ideas here and there. And that ended up, like, giving us some cool bits, like the intro to uh, Wolves. Yeah, no, I think, I think you laid uh, your mark on every song. You know, every song has parts that you came up with that I think shine. Yeah, yeah. And so that was a cool experience. The the whole end of um, Paradox, everything you did there is one of my favorite parts of the whole album. Oh, I forgot I did all that, all those parts. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> um, so, we, you know, we had fun writing and stuff. And then um, I'll, I'll try to catch my story up to where you left off. Um, essentially, you know, we weren't playing shows much anymore after that. Uh, you know, we, we kind of took a break and we're just slowing down a bit. And you were writing some new material, and I was still digging it. <clears throat> and 
in my head, I was like, well, just because this is slowing down doesn't mean I can't stop trying to be a part of what Johnny's doing. Um, and then eventually, like, you had let me know that uh, Lisa these was pretty much done for the time being. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm like, that's fine. Uh, I'd like to be a part of your new stuff. I, I kind of felt like the direction the next Lisa these records might have been was where words was going. Uh, just because of where you were writing. And then um, even some of the riff ideas I brought into the mix, like some of those elements and attitude found its way into the actual Trees EP. And so I, yeah. I felt uh, <clears throat> I felt included just because, you one, you included me. <laughs> and then two, like <laughs> for nice me, yeah, for me, it was I was really excited just to be making music with my friends. And so, yeah. For me, I I just was excited. I could tell that you guys wanted to try to play these songs that I was writing live. And I was like, well, if y'all want to do it, then let's just make it a band, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's already there. I remember Trees EP initially was a continuation from Wolves. um, And it was initially thought to be a potential lease of these records. Yes. Um, So... I, I remember having like demos in my iTunes, like lot or L O T demo one, two, three, whatever. Yeah. And I remember the first one you showed me that really made an impression was the song that's called sleep. Now there's a few memories I have associated with that song, that chorus, Johnny, I've always been super impressed with everything you had written before. It's always great, but this is a, the next level for sure. Like, I never felt like there was a chorus that you'd written that was so memorable. Your newer stuff that you were writing kind of leaned a little bit more towards where I, I kind of lived. And I was like, oh, I really like this. I think it's great. And also to mention, one of the first memories I know of Eric is whenever he walked into Guitar Center before he worked there with a uh, PRS S2 Starla. And he was like, uh, can, I, can I return this? <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> and it stayed in our store for like two years because he Dang. just because eric returned it <laughs> eric have you had a prs since not that i owned yeah i didn't think so <clears throat> i haven't seen you play a prs well, no like uh and what's ever. funny is like that began my like uh plano 447 guitar center 0111 lifestyle which is what uh 0111 <laughs> is someone who buys something and then returns it and yeah, so a sale ticket at Guitar Center is a 01 ticket, and a return ticket at Guitar Center is a, a is an 11 ticket. So I, I'm a negative stereo, stereotype when <laughs> we enter a Guitar Center. But like the thing is, like for me, I'm like, dude, <laughs> if I want the guitar, I need to know it sounds good with the stuff I have at home. Dude, I get it. I yeah, get yeah. It. And so, I but you know, I was wishy washy. When it comes to the the least of these things, though, um, I remember when we would track essentially. Uh, I was able to put down some ideas that I that I they come from my upbringing and like what's funny is like Johnny's perspective is a lot like as cities burns and mine was a little bit more under oath. Um so even when I would play old uh least of these songs on tour and stuff uh I would I would choose a lot of chord voicings that were more under oath than they were like what Tyler would originally play. And I think that also like allowed for some of the evolution and some of the other stuff, just from my perspective. Dude, that one string of shows where you had that SG and the uh, bass breaker yeah. amp, and I was playing my telly. Oh man, that I loved those blended tones on the on those shows. No, they were cool. And what's funny is when I was first playing with least of these, Johnny would keep telling me to bring my single coil guitars. He didn't want me to bring a humbucker guitar. He's just like, I don't think it's giving off the right tone. And then I showed up with that SG or maybe also a Les Paul at some point. And I remember us playing and you were like, dude, today's sound is so good. And I was like, well, I think it's because I'm stacking this and you're stacking that. Did I even give you a chance? Did I even listen to what the humbuckers were going to sound like? Or did I just assume, assume I wasn't going to like you it? You assumed you weren't going to like it. Uh, it, was, yeah, that was probably, <laughs> it was, well, because I think at the time your only humbucker guitar was the Melody Maker and it wasn't even functional yet. No, but also... Um, Tyler had only played with me with single coils or P90s. Yeah. And so I think the first time we played, um, what's that? Bang, dun, dun, bang, dun, boom, confidence. This is confidence. This is confidence. I think the first time I like ripped on my bridge pickup to set <laughs> noise chord and like in Johnny's little glassy bits <laughs> over <chord>. that, <laughs> you know, and I think that was like one of those first moments because when we hit that first chorus and it's that really dissonant chord, I had a really fat big bottom like thick tone and then johnny's jangle tone right against it and it was like a sandwich that punched you in the chest 
Um, yeah. Especially yeah, when he started doing good. his little riff above it. I get, I get Johnny's, uh, like why he may be reluctant because one, the thing I distinctively remember about Lisa, these is how the tones were super, like they weren't gained up at all. They're like a little bit over edge of breakup clean and yeah. really jangly. That was a big part of the sound. So, I, and I think that was a big thing. Like there was a tone shift with word stuff. It was a little bit more aggressive and more forward. Honestly, with Wolves, we started dialing up the gain a little bit. With Wolves was one of the first times that I'd tracked on a bridge pickup in years. Eric I remember was like, that. Just try it. Just try <laughs> it. Because my telly, I loved my telly's middle position for all the rhythm stuff. Um, and uh, for least of these, and if I was going to do lead uh, tracks it was either the middle position on the telly again or the neck on my strat but just yeah. for for anyone who cares you can go listen to all three least of these records um or or change will come in mirror image for sure and know that all my guitar parts are either in the middle position on the telly or the neck on the strat and so to go to the bridge on wolves i was nervous but uh eric was like it'll work it'll work and <laughs> pretty much right away i was like i don't know i had an attitude change i guess yeah because i think part of it was like you had your universe and then here i am someone you invited in and i'm suggesting a bunch of different things here and there and it, i think it's totally fair that you were like well dude dude slow down i have this ecosystem that we've been working in for four years now or three years whatever the time is and I'm like going against everything that you had, you know, had done for the two full records. And then I'm yeah, suggesting... Yeah, but I, I tried it and I always liked it. Yeah. And then I was like, hey, dude, the pure blues strings are pretty cool. Try these NYXLs from Diodario. And then, you know, he got an even like crisper, like more in your face tone. Yeah. I used the pure blues forever. I yeah, and I, you got me using them for a while too. And then, um, but no, like the playing at least of these helped me fall in love with single coils. That's when I got really into Telecasters. Um, and that was my main guitar for the majority of the least of these time. And Telecasters always have a special spot for me because of that. Um, yeah, I, I love I love Tellys in general. Like I remember when I finally got my Telly, I, it was it was a big game changing shift because prior to that, I was bridge humbucker all the time. Maybe I'd use the neck or middle position sometimes, but I just I loved that bridge humbucker tone. For stuff I played. And I want to shout out the guys that were in Lisa These really quick at the time. Tyler Collins, who uh, has a new project called Bear Heart that is on Honey Gold Records, which is the record label that we've all helped start and we work with. Um, so check out Bear Heart. That's- Everything he touches turns into gold. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that dude is so talented. Like, Dude, he, he's way too talented. He's like so talented that he makes you hate him some because of how talented he was. <laughs> like I remember tracking him tracking vocals for the, his Bear Heart record because Johnny uh, recorded. And I, I just a few sessions I was there for, I'm just like sitting in there. And I was like, I, God, this guy is way too good for his own good. <laughs> I know, dude. He's so good. It's so fun tracking vocals for him. And then uh, uh, TJ, which is uh, Tyler's brother, TJ Collins, awesome dude, great drummer, uh, phenomenal guy. And then also Ryan Bentley, uh, which we haven't really talked much about, but he doesn't like us talking about this too much. But I don't. He's not here to say no, so I don't care. He is one of the founding members of Memphis Mayfire, that band that a lot of people who are into like the metalcore scene would be familiar with. But uh, Memphis was from our area, um, and Brian helped start that band. And he's and he ended up uh, after he left Memphis. He was on the first few records, right? Uh, yeah, he was on yeah all the way up through the Hollow. So he was the uh, the first EP, Sleepwalking, and the Hollow. He was on all those records during that time. And then when he left Memphis, he hung out for a bit, but then he ended up joining Lisa these, which was awesome for you guys. Cause he's such a talented musician. And uh, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And he also helped out with my other band people youth a lot. Like he, uh, mixed our EP and that we put out and helped track vocals. And, you know, and he even filled on our bass for that. He, he also helped write for wolves for the wolves EP, the least of these wolves EP. Yeah. Some, some of my favorite riffs came from him. Yeah, no, he did it. Wrote the, the wolves main riff, right? Or like that structure, that song was actually his idea. The structure was his idea and the riff and the bridge. I think the intro riff by the time Eric and I got done with it was just kind of all. Yeah. Originally it was this tappy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I made it more aggressive and like 
a little bit faster uh, feeling. But and he also came up with that cool uh, verse uh, two riff too, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I know he was he was a part of the songwriting process, which was I think super awesome for you guys because he had quite the resume as a musician. Yeah, yeah. he yeah, was he's, he's awesome amazing to bring into into the fold for sure. But uh, Eric, what were you going to continue on? So I was going to mention. Um, I th- I don't know if Johnny was also thinking this at the time or if I brought it up because I remember bringing it up. I don't know if I was the originator of it, but the idea of uh, having motifs within wolves, like the uh, the tapping on winter, like bringing that into another song, like having familiar like ideas and like lyrics and stuff and melodies intertwined throughout different songs. Um, I don't I can't remember if you also thought of that, but I do know I mentioned that, and then we got like super stoked one session and started like just doing it. Yeah, no, I think I was already planning on doing that just because I, I like musicals and I've liked the idea of doing that. And actually, there's little lyrics that I've done as motifs through all the least of these albums, where each album I try to say a similar thing. Um, but I remember liking the idea of repeating some melodies from song to song on Wolves. And then I think when you had some ideas with me and I and I could tell you liked it, we just it ran with it. It became a real serious, like, we're going to really try to emphasize that and that went right over into trees because when i started trees i was still thinking at least these at the beginning and i was like i want to i kind of started the first demo i made for trees thinking it's going to be least of these i had one of the hooks that i was like we'll repeat this one throughout the record so i think i think it's fair to say if you're new to finding out about words if you like what we did on trees and you kind of want to hear the prequel to that i think it's safe to say you go uh search least of these wolves on spotify or apple music or whatever it's definitely different from what words is but it's kind of came from a similar headspace so i think it's something you might enjoy as well yeah and i don't think um i can say it because i wasn't in the band at the time i think that uh EP was extremely underrated and it had legs to do a lot more than it was was allowed to do. Yeah, we released it in May and we stopped in July. So I think people should go give that a listen just because it's great music that deserves to be heard that I I loved and I was a small part of, um, but I think it's great. If everybody's cool, I think we've kind of established the least of these connection and I think the next way, place to go to is when Johnny, when you realized it was going to be something different and you decided, okay, this is going to be a new project. How did we get to words? How did we land on that name? And how did we land with myself and everybody else who is a part of it? Well, I remember um, deciding that we were going to do it as a new band with a new name. I don't actually remember any of the ideas of the band names before words that we had. Do you guys? I mean, I don't remember specifics. I just remember us trying to, we were spitballing ideas. Oh, you know what? I remember one. I I remember it so bad, but I remember at the time I was super into the idea of it being called brother nature. Remember that? (laughs) I do remember I was like brother nature, but it also was just cracking me up because it sounded like mother nature. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, brother nature, that's so stupid. If you've ever been in a band, you know, like one of the worst things is picking the name for your band because you know, it's like one thing you have to, commit to unless you decide to change it and so um i just remember johnny being like dude what about words <laughs> we're like what and like no just just words super simple straightforward um and and we can t- kind of touch on like the deeper meaning behind that and i think it's how you sold it and how you kind of arrived there that gives it more substance because at a surface level words kind of uh can seem a little bit you know uh vague vague and bland but i i like it and i <laughs> I, I think it's a great band name and I'm, I'm proud to have it well part of it also johnny you were like joe you know podcasts stand up and stuff and you got really into like the idea that the words we say like they're just sounds and like yeah no i've actually been thinking about that since i was a kid and um i uh I told you guys um, when I was in college, I did a speech class and one of my speeches, we got to pick whatever it was going to be. I forget what the topic was, but I picked for some reason I picked sound Um, and 
I just talked about words just being sounds that uh, are taking shape in our mouth, and then we give those sounds meaning. And it's not until we give them the meaning that they're considered words. Until that, it's just wow, you know, it's just our mouth and tones. And then I liked the idea of uh, how if in, in Genesis where it says that, uh, God spoke the earth into existence. And then if you look at, they talk about if you break down an atom, it acts as a sound wave and it vibrates and we're all just vibrating atoms. We're all tones. And I don't know, it was just kind of fun. It was just seemed kind of cool. I mean, if you're trying to take something so big and then you sum it up in the most simple way as possible, just the idea that creation could be similar to words, you know? Yeah. And I think the a lot of the the motifs that are throughout trees and the overarching theme in trees really connect back to the meaning of the band um, in that sense. Yeah, dude, the trees EP for sure is spending a lot of time just talking about how we're humans and we're alive. And then I guess anything else is me pontificating on that as if I'm staring at the species commenting on it being <laughs> trying to be fancy or witty or creative yeah and where what was your headspace and to get a little bit more into that i know we're going to focus on each song individually um so we don't necessarily need to get too detailed here if i remember correctly you were writing trees at the time like pre-becoming a father i think it was like before and after it was it was one song was before i found out i was going to be a dad Okay. I made the demo for one song, and then we went to audio feed. We came back a few days later. I found out we were going to have to stop Lisa these for a while. And then, like, two days later, I found out, no, sorry. We went to audio feed, came back. Like, two days later, we found out Haley was pregnant. And then, like, a month later, I found out we were going to have to stop Lisa these, something like that. But the lyrics on the song that I demoed before I found out I was going to have a kid literally i'll just say the song progress was the first one i ever wrote for the next phase um i don't know why i was trying to keep it a secret it seemed like maybe we wanted to slowly reveal all this information but it's too hard i'll just say no we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll loop back around the details of it when we get to progress so progress was the first demo i ever made for it and it was lyrically Haley and i had just had a so crazy we we could have date nights whenever we wanted back then but we were just having a having a date night and we were just sitting and talking and just had some really awesome revelations about life and each other and being alive and um i like to believe that maddie was consumed this same night but i don't know <laughs> uh, consumed not consumed conceived, conceived. <laughs> my bad <laughs> he was consumed this night it was a ritual uh, uh i'd like to believe that he was conceived that night but anyways we just had a wonderful amazing night and then yeah. when toddy feed them found out he was pregnant but the lyrics of progress is basically the topic that Haley and i had that night and then track two or the second demo i made is actually overture which opens up trees. Yeah, I think we'll circle back and go deep dive into that here here in a second. Is, is there anything as far as information that we feel like we haven't touched on that would be pertinent before moving on to songs as far as the band? I know we have some questions that we'll kind of loop back around to that might touch on some areas, but I just want to make sure that I'll we... say this. Um, when it came time to play a show, we needed a drummer and a bass player. So the drummer <laughs> yeah. at my church said he would play for us. His name is James Motter. He's also known as Millennial Trash online. Follow him at Millennial Trash. He's a EDM dubstep artist. He's amazing. And uh, he plays with us because he likes us and we're so thankful. And he, he's our friend. And then Brady, uh, our friend from Ravenhill, we yeah. were starting to hang out with them all the time. And I think you guys were in the process of recording an EP for them. Yeah. And so we were always at the same practice space slash recording space. And I was like, Brady, do you want to play? And he said, yeah. And then he just has been playing with us ever since. Yeah. I guess I didn't really touch on. So that's how it rounded out. Yeah. And I, I guess I didn't touch on, like, I guess I, w I was kind of, I was a friend of you guys and throughout, I loved least of these. And it, I think you even talked to me about being, like I mentioned earlier, involved in least of these 
And then I guess when it kept changing and evolving, I was like, yeah, we, we talked about it a few times. I was like, man, whatever you want me to be involved with, I am down to do it. So it's like, if you want me to play bass, if you want to play guitar, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And I think we just arrived on like, Johnny, you want to focus on vocals. It'd be like, it'd be sick if Kaylin, you play guitar and then Eric played guitar as well. And then I played in Ravenhill. I still play in Ravenhill as well. And That's that right. was kind of connection to Brady and Brady was down to play and uh, he got involved and, and it's a, uh, and it's cool because we are all legitimate friends um, before, you know, the band. So I, I think, you know what I of- love about it? We're a group of guys who are hanging out and we're all writing songs and we all help each other play them live. And that's all that I want. So that's what makes it so fun. Yeah. Because we all get to just help each other play the songs that each other wrote live. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. Then we uh, write some together. Yeah. It's a cool ecosystem of uh, incestuous bands. (laughs) You know, it's like we all help each other out. Um, And uh, it's a cool community uh, with Honey Gold and stuff. Yeah. but yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. We played our first show almost two years ago, August nineteenth. We opened up. Uh, it was a uh, was it last day's music festival. Uh, I think Emory and O Sleeper, sixty eight, sixty eight, Earth Groans. Yeah, it was so many good bands. Limbs, oh, man. There, it was it was such a stacked. Uh, I think it was like Bullet for Pretty Boy had the like ten years. O Sleeper, right? Did we say that? Yeah, O Sleeper and Emory. Yeah, Bullet for Pretty two. Boy. They, they had their ten years. It was it was just that. a crazy first show. We played at like two in the afternoon, and we had to do pre sales for it, which is yeah. perfectly fine. But I remember, yeah, just playing like two p.m. on the Sunday. You know, it was was kind of weird. But, but you're but you're getting to post a flyer for your band that has an Instagram page of ten followers. That at least you're playing with somebody cool. Yeah, you know? no, it was. We were super blessed and lucky to be able to jump on that as our first show, and I feel like we've been pretty fortunate. Like, um, you know. Uh, for people listening that may not know, we're definitely We've only played shows I want to play. <laughs> yeah, like uh, I would consider ourselves still kind of local band level, but we've only played shows um, with bands that have a lot more credibility than we do, and it's it's cool that we've been able to share the stage with them, and that we've always had a really good response by those bands that we played. Like I know, Scaring Kids, Scaring Kids. Uh, really liked us and you know a few others you know uh, wolves at the gate and all those dudes super great guys that we we knew in before i had that show that show was awesome comrades wolves at the yeah. gate we've, we've uh and we've played o sleeper multiple times earth grown several times uh was artifacts pareo on that show uh i don't think so but they're a great band okay and uh yeah so it i played with them once yeah so it was cool um and we're we're stoked to be able to play music and uh and we love the music we create and we hope other people love it too um we think it's good and we hope other people think it's good so um i guess we can we got a little bit of time and this is a short songs and i don't think it'll take too long to go over it so and i think this episode uh, just kind of laid a format out for the podcast as of right now. Uh, we kind of want to give an introduction to the, to the band starting out. And then we wanted to move into the first song on the record. And then where every podcast episode uh, sequentially from here is going to cover each song as it goes on the album. So the first one would be Overture, which is kind of like an introductory song or intro song, I would say. Um, it's shorter than the others. But... Johnny, you said this was the second thing that you wrote for the Trees record. And I think it's I think it's safe to say kind of uh, our roles in this record were different. Johnny definitely, as we've kind of I think you understand, is the kind of the epicenter, like all the majority of the the song content. I would say it's evolved a little bit since the beginning, but beginning is pretty much him writing, recording, mostly everything. Um, but then he would also bounce it off us. I ended up tracking bass on a lot of the record. Um, and I know Johnny and I would mix things. Um, we would discuss the audio production side of it a lot um, and kind of go back and forth. He would send me a mix. I would like master it, give my feedback, send it back to him. And we kind of work back and forth on that and also get Eric's and everybody else's take on it. Um, so that's kind of how the format of how this record was constructed. 
Um, but most of the instrumentation, majority of it was Johnny playing it with the exception of uh, some bass parts I contributing. Eric, probably, I think, maybe contributed some guitars here and there. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I, didn't, I don't think I did a thing on this record. <laughs> Sorry. It was just because I was living so far away and I just... No, and, and yeah, I think... Was, he, lived in, he lived an hour away at this point, yeah. And I think we all trusted it. Like, we, we were like, he's, you know, I think light you kind of capture lightning in a bottle in a moment in time we're like okay whatever johnny's making right now is awesome so let's not disrupt the system type of thing like let's dude it was like a it was like the weirdest panic attack it was <laughs> is that that album kind of if you go listen to season one of my podcast gathering my thoughts and you listen to that album you're gonna capture the most hopeful and terrified man <laughs> ever yeah because I feel like I, I felt this and I felt this. And I feel like if I had to say anything, it's like Overture is like, okay, here we go. Life's changing. And then the peak is the bridge of sleep. And then the uh, resolve of acceptance is the course of repeat <laughs> to just bring it back around. And now Eric's pregnant and he's getting a ride you're getting to ride the ride. <laughs> listen to that album, dude, and listen to the lyrics as you start to think about having a kid. And I'm telling you that there's that thing, there's a word for it, and I've heard it yesterday or the other day, but I forget. But it's the word is for when you hear something differently, even though you've heard it a million times. Deja intendu? No. I think that's. The... I think that's it. Is that the? It's the opposite of uh... deja vu. Deja vu. Deja vu, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Deja and Tindu. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, I was, I had a friend, I had a friend reach out and he was like, dude, did you ever listen to brand new? Yeah. And it's, I was it's, like, it's their best record. I was, like, I was like, yeah, but let me explain something that's happened with them recently. Um, <laughs> and then he laughed and he, he sent back and he go, he sent back year 2046. Dude, I've been listening to this guy. He has this song called, um, Hot and fresh out the weekend or whatever. He did a whole R. Kelly thing as if it was somebody just just getting into R. Kelly in the year twenty forty six or something. But uh So Overture. Yeah. Um Overture. How did you you said it was the second one you wrote for the record. Um Yeah. And did you think of it in the context of an introduction whenever you recorded it, or did it just kind of evolve into no. what it was? I didn't know where it was going to go. What do you think? I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. One of the things that was really cool about the Treasy P to me was uh, most of all the song titles became the song titles while they were in a work in progress. And the order that they fell in just worked out perfect. What is it? Wake, consume, progress, sleep, repeat. Like, I like how that flows, but that's also, um, like, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to put them in that order. I actually had to kind of, I don't know, I'm getting lost. Let me just say it this way. I did Overture, and I had no clue that it was going to be the opener. I just knew that I sat there, and I actually set up my mic and my guitar at the same time for that one and I just pressed record I found like I said I found the uh, now I guess all the songs with this one I did drums and bass first but this one I'm just sitting there with my guitar got like as many effects on it as I can and a bunch of reverb on the voice and I just started strumming the chord progression and the only thing I can think of is who am I and so I sang that like a bunch right and then eventually I was like in this life or the others and uh, I didn't think of the line why can't we be the same uh, till later and we are all the same later so that song kind of sat in that demo world of just that for a minute mm -hmm. and then uh, and the reason why I was thinking about that is just I I was feeling a lot knowing I was going to be a dad and knowing that I was already going to buy I was buy, in the process of buying my first house so then I'm living in our new house now and my buddy Jason Hobbs who ends up being on the song Consume He's over and we're in the backyard and talking one night. And I was like, it's such a weird question to ask, but I encourage you guys to ask your friends sometimes or sometime. I was like, dude, who am I in your life? Like in your version of your world, you know, it's always everything that you got going on. And I just come in and out of it. 
And I was like, so, who am I to you? Like, how would you describe me? Somebody? And so he said some nice things that made me feel good. I'm like, okay, when I come in and out of his version of reality, I'm hopefully a blessing, right? And that's what I started to realize I want for everyone is I, I want to, if I'm going to be in your business and around, I hope it's not off-putting and then I'm out of your way. And so I just loved the idea of like, who am I in this life or the others? It felt evolutionary. It felt in my son's life. It felt like a reincarnation. It felt like um, a reflection upon who am I and to other people and am I paying attention to that? And then just the real, the once the we are all the same um, part came into play, just started to... Uh, when it, when it's just uh, having a kid and I'm just like, dude, I'm that, you know, it's just like, I was that. And then I just got bigger mm-hmm. and my parents were that, and they just got bigger and their parents were that. And we're all just version, different versions of that in different space, organic spacesuits that age and get bigger over time. And then they go through the decline in the, the, the sensory, the brain, and the all your senses just kind of go for this ride. Yeah. And so I just wanted to really capture that. And I felt like Overture could be done with just a few couple of words. Like, kind of like an Overture for uh, a musical. Right. Like, this is going to be the reoccurring themes. Although it wasn't so much the musical themes in Overture as it is the lyrical themes. I would yeah, say. it definitely set the stage and established a foundation for the rest of the record. Definitely the we're all the same line is a motif that that you see reoccurring throughout the record i think the quote that you posted on the uh, or you posted on the words i think story that i later reposted on our uh on our band page and i think it, it does it has a really cool meaning it says i'll try to read it not so awfully but i'm awful at reading aloud so when you go into the woods and you look at the trees, you see these different trees, and some of them are bent. You sort of understand that it didn't get enough light, and so it turned out that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. The minute you get near humans, you lose all that. You're constantly saying, you are to this, or I'm to this. That judgment mind comes in. And so I practice turning people in the trees, which means appreciating them for just the way they are as a... How, how you pronounce his name? Ram Dass. Ram Dass. That's Ram Dass. a Ram Dass quote. That's what I thought. I didn't want to sound like an Yeah, idiot. dude. I, pr- I practice turning people into trees. And by that, I mean accepting them for exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. I did not know that before I wrote this album. I read that the day that I posted it on our thing. I was really? like, this oh, wow. is relevant. I had to- no idea. I was like, this is relevant to us as a band. No, dude, the trees thing was just the tree of life, the, the the tree of life that I was experiencing of feeling myself get older, watching myself have a kid, realizing we're all connected. Um, I mean, I had always felt like we were connected through the Holy Spirit of some sort, you know, but to realize that, that like that connection that runs through all of us, I think is on a multiple in multiple dimensions, uh, whether it's this reality and, and other ones, but I just, I love that tree. We'll have to post that picture that I drew of all the faces because I, uh, when I wrote a lot of this, I pictured that picture in my head. I wanted it to sound like that tree was making the songs, you know, like my dream music video was that tree animated singing all the parts, you know? Yeah. So there was a a couple thoughts I had. One, uh, it's so fun to hear your perspective on the song and I can't wait to do the rest of them because... Everything you just described about, like, you know, like, am I being a blessing? This is that. Those are like chapters of your personality, like, where, like, we'd be hanging out and you're like, oh man, just be a blessing. You know, and like, it's fun to see, like, how that went full circle. Yeah, you probably totally saw that. That's funny. Yeah. And so it's funny that, like, yeah. that's where you were. You wrote the song and that's also who you were trying to be out and about. And so I'm really excited to hear how that reflects in the, the rest of the tracks. Um, second yeah. thing I wanted to say is, Dude, this is like the funnest song to open a set with live. Uh, like the record's cool and it's like really beautiful to listen to, but live there's an intensity that builds off of that like foundation of just a pretty intro. 
Um, yeah. yeah, I had a lot of fun. That was at the Gate and Comrades show that we did it. It was really fun to open the setup yeah. that way. Yeah, it, it, I, I think it really... Um, I think we made a comment about the... I, I don't know her name off the top of my head, so forgive me. The the uh, the bass player and one of the the main front woman of Comrades... It, like she was doing her thing, like knitting, knitting whatever behind the merch table. We'll just we'll just say we'll say what it was. She sat behind the merch table and crocheted all night, yeah. and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But she did step out and watch us play the Overture song, and that was cool. Yeah, it's like it, it definitely is a uh, for a band that has heavier moments in it. Uh, I don't necessarily consider us a hardcore band or or in the metal category at all, but we do have some screamy screams here and there but yeah it's it's such a gentle pretty way to start a set that does live when you feel the energy and and play that kind of that that progression in the way it builds in that setting it, it is a really cool feeling i just remember i was almost surprised by it the first time we played it i was like whoa i definitely felt something you know yeah. <laughs> it was and it and then cool. it wasn't and that's not a song i think like in songs that are kind of viewed as intros can get overlooked but it definitely like every moment on this record i i think there is substance to it and a purpose for it and it's very intentional and i think it serves the purpose that it needs to serve super well um, i want yeah it's it's super cool i want us to live perform the entire ep because something that's cool about this song also and i think one of the things that makes a hit so heavy live like right to the chest is kaylin and i didn't write almost any of the guitar parts on the record as far as like electric guitar. And so live, yeah. you know, we, we start to add our personality to it and they morph a little bit. Like when we play that song live, I come in, I start coming in with a harmony right when the song's building up. Yeah. yeah. No, here's what we should do, man. We need to, when we film these videos, so we have content, we need to just film the whole EP. Yeah. That's, that's what and I'm then thinking. then we need to mix it and, put out a live yeah, version like of it dude online. it's a yeah. whole different experience not that the because it's a whole different experience i love everything y'all added it's it makes it so fun to have those like here's the oc at that time the ocd of capturing it how i wanted it and then you play it live and it's like and here's when the dudes are together and yeah, they yeah. let it happen it, it's yeah. such a cool experience and I, i've never experienced like some worship bands like uh, that I played with at churches certain times when you get the right group of people together you have those organic moments but they're far and few between and i feel like every one of our sets is like one of those first times we get together and these songs come out brand new each time yeah there, there's definitely a vibe if you want to use that word when we play them and i, I think eric has a, a voice as a guitar player i feel like i have a voice as a guitar player that are pretty distinctively different from Johnny. So it's us looking at what Johnny did through our lens. It automatically comes out. It's a version of the same thing, but it still sounds different. And uh, well, it's like James, James playing the drums. He, 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 he varies it up live. Um, I do want to say though, as far as the drums on the whole trees EP, I pretty much imagined I was TJ Collins playing drums when I played it. So <laughs> if you want to know where the inspiration for the drums came on it, yeah. it would be like, what would TJ do and how would he do it? <clears throat> Cause he'd been the drummer I'd been playing with nonstop for five, six years at the time. And I love how he plays. And, um, so now when you hear, if we have a live version, you go and here's James take on it, you know? Yeah, no, I think, uh, the way the drums were approached was super effective and I, I thought they turned out super, super cool. So yeah, I do want to just quickly, Marcus Thomas 11 asked us on Instagram uh, to talk about our gear. He said, talk about your gear. I love the guitar tones you get in lot and words. Um, they're light, but pack a punch. I want to recreate them, which is super nice of him um, for saying he likes them and potentially wants to try to recreate them. But I think people find it's hilarious almost in a way that I don't think any of the guitars on this record are real quote-unquote real none of them are a mic'd up amp and i want to say all of overture now one guitar on this whole album is a real guitar amp with a microphone on it actually if you think about the the way the whole like they capture them i guess at one point it was a amp yeah yeah but it's all like modeled or plugins or something like that and uh but i think the way we went about it was pretty creative but i think it's hilarious on if i remember correctly overture 
you used all waves gtr is that correct that's all uh, everything on that entire song is waves gtr guitar wise which is funny because i think that's kind of that is a as far as technology is concerned an archaic guitar plugin that a lot of people would write off and say that it doesn't sound good but it's still like i think with anything it still has a character dude the the knobs were almost straight up like I picked like the it was called edgy and it was the least <laughs> the least gainy clean that didn't sound like DI. Yeah. And um I had it just on all the way up and then I've selected a SM57 and a ribbon as my two mics on it on the cab, yeah. you know. And uh and then I just ran my pedal board in front of it and I just did everything from my pedals. Well, I, I guess if there is an analog element to some of it is that you actually did like run your, your pedals, which and the board that you have, you use like a DL4 and you have a memory. Is it memory boy or memory man? It's going to be a memory, uh, a deluxe memory man uh-huh. or a deluxe memory boy. I don't know. There's one of them. It's, it's a man. It's a man. Okay. It's a bigger one. Um, the deluxe memory man. And then uh, the blue note is the overdrive I used a ton on yeah that that's a killer pedal yeah, i love that pedal i think i actually turned you onto that one i was like johnny i know your sound you need to try this pedal and then, yeah yeah you did and you bought it later and it, it, it okay the, so so marcus um give me the give me the Ma- handle again marcus thomas 11 marcus thomas 11 the blue note is that sound it's so because it, didn't he's uh he said he liked to uh, least these tone right yeah i was gonna yeah, pepper yeah, in some he, ideas he about that both. too what you i say? was gonna say a couple things about the wolves tones yeah, yeah yeah i was gonna say between those um eric touch on those yeah good call so for wolves um johnny you know he just moved into this new uh no he was still at his old uh rental and he had just bought these new mics i had some ribbon mics of mine and he had his uh fender twin he had just gotten that maybe a few months before um, and so we were stoked to mic it up and I actually sold all of my amps and pedals to get a helix. <laughs> um, and so Johnny, you know, still that same, like, this is my bubble. Uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll try things, you know, Johnny, like he was full on, like, we're going to use my twin and we got a great tone from him. And then after he tracked most of his guitars, it was my turn. Cause I just remembered I actually tracked, I think all the right guitars, and you tracked all the left. It was some something like Any, that. If I thought it needed to be doubled, I put it on the right also. But mm-hmm. outside of that, if it didn't need to be doubled, the right side was just waiting for you to do whatever. Yeah, and so we hooked up the Helix, and we, we messed with it for a little while, and he was pretty skeptical. But then I think it was like he was going over a mix, and he couldn't remember which tone was mine or which was his. <laughs> and he was like, what? he's like, oh, crap. Is digital actually caught up? Is it good now? And, uh, Dude, it's it's so caught up. Tonight at church, uh, Eric and I play on the same worship team. And tonight I was playing, I was running my pedal board into a Kemper. And I was like, dude, this, I can't even tell I don't have an amp. And I hate saying that. Now, if it was in the room and I wasn't running in-ears, I, I would miss it. You know, yeah. I love the feel of an amp in a room without in-ears in. But when, when you're just getting a mix... They they are really really good these days. Yeah, and so Yeah, man. And so I left my Helix there and I think after that he ended up tracking like a song or two's worth of all their clean tones on the Helix just because he's like it's so much easier than setting up my super loud amp. Yes, dude, all the cleans on Wolves on the bridge, that super ambient bridge, all of that that I tracked, I used your Helix. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I did use one of the really chimey bits was the space echo my actual taped space echo through my twin but a lot of it yeah i fell in love with your helix i was sad when you got rid of it you get oh that's sad because i got rid of a lot of stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a constant uh roller coaster of emotions with uh Eric, eric's gear yeah marcus don't be afraid to pull back on the gain a little bit um single yeah. coils you man you don't have you don't have to cut out the low end and boost the highs on everything um, I don't like tube screamers and I've never used them once if you want to know that. So at least of these has never used tube screamers, N- neither Tyler or I. So, oh, the morning glory JHS pedal. I basically built a version of that. That was on a lot of the least of these stuff too, which was basically, I wanted to be the blue note and I just didn't know it. And then when I found the blue note, I was like, there it is. Yeah. And, uh, the blue notes made by, uh, J rocket audio. Which makes a lot of other great pedals. They have a, a pedal that's like the dude. That's their Dumble 
pedal and then they have their their archer which is also their version of a clon which is a very good clon clone style pedal so yeah check out j rocket audio they make a bunch of great pedals um that we really like and we'll touch more on this but i know like the tones on the trees a lot of that johnny sent me raw di's and i know for wake it's kind of funny um for wake i reamped them all through i had a fractal ax8 which is another modeler kind of similar to helix just made by fractal and not line six um all the tones i ran through that and then i would email those or dropbox those back to him and then he would take them and put them in the session and then he would kind of pick and choose he'd sort through the tones i reamped and the the sounds that he had and he'd be he would kind of pick and choose what he liked best but all the rhythms were that the fractal I think I used the JCM 800 number 34 amp sim with a uh, with the Fractal Audio. Uh, I think it was a Mesa 412 cab with the M160 mic on it. I think that's like the impulse I used for a lot of those. But what's funny is Wake was the only song I actually reamped. The other songs I used a plugin which is called. Uh, positive grid bias and uh, they and bias two is out now but i it was only bias one and they have a function which is kind of like a kemper where it's called tone match and i literally i spent a lot of time tone matching that fractal tone in the bias plugin so it's, it's like a copy of a copy it was just, it was just oh, hilarious God. and then but what it made it easier <laughs> it's like when stewie and brian they make a clone of the clones <laughs> with bitch stewie <laughs> i think my jaw's gonna fall off <laughs> yeah i call him bitch stewie remember we were we, we saw uh we were playing with uh scary kids scaring kids and i i was like talking to the guy like hey man we really appreciate y'all having us out and he was like oh yeah dude and he left and i turned to Kalen and brady and i was like did that come off like hello i'm bitch stewie <laughs> 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 it's like it, man oh yeah. brian it's, so it's a great idea. for the literally the rest of the tones that johnny sent to me i used the the positive grid bias tone match of a fractal ax8 which was a copy of a jcm 800 <laughs> so Sweet. um and then i would i would tweak it for the type of tone but i use that as a foundation for everything um, and then I send those back to Johnny. Mirror image was AC30s, right? Yeah, AC30s, an orange, and then a freaking 5150 on one part. <laughs> yeah, and the mirror image, if you don't know, is uh, a, one of the records made by uh, least of these. It was, uh, I guess, it was a precursor to Wolves, It was the right? second full length. Yeah, yeah before I the, figured that uh, would give Wolves. him a backlog towards Yeah, and then these. Change Will Come. I know you used, was it a uh, Marshall Vintage Modern? Yes. And uh, an AC30, if I remember correctly. Yes. Or something like that. Or like some, some fenders or something. I don't know. I remember the Vintage Modern was on there for sure. Yeah. No, it was the Vintage Modern, which was one of my favorites for the whole album. Like, I think I could have done the whole album with it. But yeah. um, Zach Kirkendall knew how to dial that thing in. He had it sounded so good. Which which is funny because that Marshall gets a lot of hate in the Gear Nerd world. But I, I, I think it was... Uh, I've played a few, not very long, but I thought it sounded like a Marshall. Dude, sound. he got it to sound great. So. And then we used a uh, with a hand wired AC thirty. Okay. And cool. um, he disconnected the speaker and just used or ran it into the. He had a special avatar cab. I don't remember what speakers he had in it, but that's what everything ran through. Cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think I mean we uh, I think we covered everything we want to cover in episodes. So uh, it's been fun, kind of talking about the start of the band, how we kind of got where we're at now, and talking about the first song. Uh, we'll play Overture at the end of this podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, you can listen to it at the end of this, or go check out Trees, which is on uh, every streaming platform and iTunes and all that good stuff. Yeah, look up Words Trees. Yeah, look up Words Trees. That's the only thing that sucks about her name is sometimes it's hard to find on uh, certain things. Yeah, you might even want to add EP in there too. <laughs> you might want to put Words Trees EP. But we, we like the name and we're going to try to for stick it out and stick with the name even though it's kind of not the most searchable thing ever because we like it. Um, it gives you a really good reason to like subscribe to us on the platforms, right? Yeah. So yeah, go check out um, our Instagram, which is in uh, their way to do that. Uh, Words band TX, and then I think if you pretty much 
do words band TX on anything, you can pull us up. Yeah. Um, and I'll put our link tree in the description below. So that kind of takes you to a website that'll take you everywhere. On Spotify, you can subscribe to someone too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can. Yeah. yeah. Word, words band EP, and then just go su- subscribe to that. So that way you won't have a pain finding it later. This next episode is Wake, which is the first song on the, the record, which, uh, I would say is probably arguably our most popular song so far. Uh, and uh, it's it's a cool one. It's a heavy one. I really like it. I like playing it. Um, I think everybody else does too. So we'll hopefully see you back on that one. So thanks for checking this podcast out. Episode one of the Words with Friend podcast. Words with Friends, plural, podcast. Thanks for listening, dudes. Later. Love you. Thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of the Words with Friends podcast. I want to give one small apology. I'm sorry for the quality of my audio in that episode. We wanted to get this thing rolling, and sadly, I didn't have my nice Shure SM7B mic on me when we wanted to do it, so I had to settle with the Apple AirPods. But I just want to let you know, moving forward, it'll be all you know, a little bit better quality. But regardless of that, I think the content's great, and I hope you enjoyed the podcast so we will be releasing a new podcast episode every wednesday from here on out Um, until further notice or if anything changes we will let you know and we got some really cool stuff coming down the pike we have an instrumental version of trees that we are going to be releasing here soon we don't have the date 100 confirmed but we'll let you know when that happens we mentioned it a little bit in this podcast we also have a live version of the trees ep that we're working on currently We're looking to do some pretty cool stuff with that. We're really excited about it, as well as a bunch more stuff that we uh, haven't gotten into quite yet, but you will find out in the near future. Again, thanks for listening, and uh, here's the track overture that we talked about. And why?